This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all. But it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. Today is Wednesday, December 30th, 2020. On this day in 2006, former president of Iraq, Saddam Hussein, was executed. Welcome to Today in True Crime, a Spotify original from Parcast. I'm Vanessa Richardson, and today I'm joined by our guest host, Kate Leonard from Daily Quote. Her show explores a new quote each day from inspiring figures all around the world. Kate is joining us to discuss some of the historical aspects of today's story while I cover the narrative. Thanks, Vanessa. I'm excited to be diving into this fascinating story. Now let's go back to Saturday, December 30th, 2006, around 6 a.m. in Baghdad. The room was still dark as the sun rose, and yet no one turned on a proper light. Instead, they clumped together in the dim industrial space, talking amongst themselves and waiting. There were about two dozen of them there that morning. For the hanging of a dictator, it was a surprisingly small crowd. Only witnesses and the executioners themselves would be allowed the grim privilege of witnessing Saddam Hussein's final moments. Some were buzzing with anticipation. Others, however, stood in silence. They all knew the significance of the ground they stood on. It was the former headquarters of Saddam Hussein's defunct secret police. It was a place that had facilitated the violent interrogation of Hussein's enemies for years. More than one man standing in the room had been tortured by Saddam's spies in that very building, and now they were about to watch the man responsible die. Finally, it was happening. The door opened, and three guards with black ski masks escorted an older, bearded man in a dark overcoat into the room. There'd been whispers that Saddam had put up a struggle when they came to take him from his cell that morning, but the man in front of them now showed no signs of resistance. As he stepped inside the dark room, he looked drawn and aged. Hussein's characteristic pride and fire seemed to have been sapped. All that was left was a quiet man who suddenly looked all of his 69 years. Perhaps for the first time, he was vulnerable. And yet Saddam remained calm, composed even. A camera snapped, its flash illuminating the room for a moment. Then, broken from its stupor, the room suddenly came alive. Voices clamored and more cameras clicked, punctuating the darkness as the former president was led up a steep metal staircase. At the top stood a platform. In its center hung a lonely noose. 
Hussein stood stoically with his hands bound behind his back as his executioner placed a black cloth around his neck. But when offered a hood to be placed over his head, he refused. It was only once he was on top of the gallows platform overlooking a crowd of witnesses that the sparks of Hussein's defiance finally re-emerged. He shouted to the crowd, God is great, the nation will be victorious, and Palestine is Arab. Then the rope was placed over his head. Prayers and taunts alike could be heard from the room below. As Hussein stood with the noose around his neck, one of the executioners told him that he had destroyed Iraq. Arguments erupted around the room. In response, Hussein, a Sunni Muslim, mocked a prominent Shiite cleric. They would be some of the last words he ever uttered. The noose was tightened and the trapdoor beneath his feet opened. With a great crash, the metal platform gave way. Hussein dropped through the floor and the room erupted into chaos. The witnesses clambered over to the place where he had fallen, checking to see if it worked, if he was really gone. As they gathered around, cheers echoed across the cement room. Saddam Hussein, the former president of Iraq, the tyrant who had held an iron grip over the country for over two decades, was finally dead. Coming up, the world wakes up to the news of Saddam's execution. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all. But it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. Now, back to the story. On December 30th, 2006, Former president of Iraq, Saddam Hussein, was executed by hanging before a small audience of witnesses in Baghdad. It was officially the end of a dictator whose brutal reign over Iraq had lasted decades. My guest host, Kate, is going to take over from here to discuss the details of Saddam's crimes and the impact his death had on Iraq and the globe. Thanks, Vanessa. Saddam Hussein's rise to prominence in the 1960s began nearly 40 years before his death. At the time, Hussein was part of the Ba'ath, or Renewal Party, that came to power in 1968. Hussein quickly rose the ranks and was selected as Iraq's vice president. Then, for 10 years, he bided his time, plotting to secure his own future. A decade later, Hussein staged a coup, ousting the leader of his own party and installed himself as president of Iraq. The country remained under Hussein's autocratic rule for almost 30 years. In that time, Hussein became entrenched in a cult of personality. He was known to have commissioned a Quran to be transcribed from his own blood and even wrote a romance novel that was later adapted into a musical. He insisted the Iraqi people call him Great Uncle or the Anointed One. 
But Hussein's rule didn't just consist of lavish vanity projects. Under his leadership, Iraq spiraled. Hussein engaged in a bitter eight-year war with neighboring Iran that drained the country's finances and killed hundreds of thousands of Iraqis. Not long after, in 1990, Saddam invaded Kuwait, resulting in the first Gulf War. He also orchestrated multiple massacres in Iraq and neighboring countries alike, including the mass murder of the Shia and Kurdish people. Whether through war, chemical weapons, or ethnic cleansing, more than a million people lost their lives under Saddam's regime. However, in 2003, believing Iraq had weapons of mass destruction, the United States invaded and sent Hussein into hiding. Nearly nine months later, he was found in an underground bunker in his hometown of Tikrit. The U.S. never found any weapons of mass destruction. However, Hussein's capture by American forces spelled the end of his dictatorship. He was imprisoned for three years, during which he was tried in Iraq's national court. Ultimately, he was found guilty of crimes against humanity and was sentenced to hang. The moments leading up to Hussein's hanging were broadcast throughout the country by Iraqi national television. Many cheered at the footage of their once brutal leader being led to the gallows. But tribal loyalties also shaped how Iraqis felt about his execution. Hussein was a Sunni Muslim, as were many members of his government. While many Shia were overjoyed at his death, Iraq's Sunnis had more mixed feelings. Some supporters of Hussein chose to remember him as a hero, a defender of Iraq against American occupation rather than a despot. And some were outraged. After Saddam's execution, the newly installed Prime Minister Nouri al-Maliki pleaded with Iraqis for unity. He said in a written statement, In the name of the people, I call on all men of the past regime and manipulated by it to reconsider their stances. These pleas for peace were answered with violence. The day of Hussein's execution, multiple car bombs were reported in Shia-majority cities, killing over 60 people. It seemed Iraq's future was still uncertain, and the climate in the country would be fraught with tension for years to come. Under Iraq's fledgling government, the region remained deeply divided, spurring uprisings and even civil war. Still, since Saddam Hussein's execution, Iraq has forged its way forward, and progress inevitably marches on. Whether they cheered or lamented when Saddam Hussein ascended the gallows, December 30th, 2006 will be a day forever ingrained in the memory of the Iraqi people. I'm Vanessa Richardson. Thanks again, Kate, for joining me today. Thanks for having me. You can find my podcast, Daily Quote, on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you want to hear more on the regimes of other notorious leaders, check out our show, Dictators. Today in True Crime is a Spotify original from Parcast. 
You can find more episodes of Today in True Crime and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. We'll be back with a brand new episode tomorrow in True Crime. Today in True Crime is a Spotify original from Parcast. It is executive produced by Max Cutler, sound designed by Juan Borda, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carly Madden, and Bruce Katovich. This episode of Today in True Crime was written by Alex Garland, with writing assistance by Terrell Wells, fact-checking by Bennett Logan, and stars Vanessa Richardson and Kate Leonard.